The bat back toward Piazza, who is going down the first baseline. 3-1. Popped up. Castillo. Dropped the ball. He's dropped the ball. Here comes Teixeira. And the Yankees win. Oh, my goodness. He's dropped the ball. He drives one. Deep right field. Beckles eating the two. Welcome to the Loaded Bases Podcast. My name is Alessandro DeGennaro with my co-host Nick Wilson. Uh, season 1, Episode 1, and we're here to talk baseball, more specifically with the two New York franchises, the Yankees and the Mets. We're going to be discussing uh, the Mets' bullpen issues from 2019, what they can do to um, better their situation. We'll also be talking about the Yankees and um, their starting rotation, the Andujar, Urshela, good problem to have, and the uh, salary cap issues that they'll have moving forward but they're uh, big stars so we'll try to fit all that in a nice neat amount of time um why don't you give a little bit about why why we're doing this yeah so so i'm a big baseball podcast person i read a lot about it i read books about it i like to you know uh, read articles and i've just sort of noticed that there's this kind of this this vacuum this problem where you have on one end of the spectrum, like the Christopher Russo's, and then like on the very opposite end, you have like Brian Kenny. Yeah, or just like a, just like a really. Uh, uh, I, like, I like Brian. He's Kenny, an but, analytic head. But I, I like him. But anyway, so yes, yeah, so there's like no really middle ground. I feel like we're trying to bridge that gap, and I think we can. I we can we can have a nice conversation. We can talk, and then also you know it's a good little niche that we're trying to occupy. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. And if you have any comments or anything you want to, you know, say about our podcast, like it fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stop talking baseball. Yeah. You're trash. Like, yeah, I know. But um, yeah, so that we, we, we would appreciate any feedback. Um, so yeah, I'm going to just jump right into it. Uh, so he's it, a Met fan, by the way. Yeah. And he's a Yankee fan. So that's also where we, uh, yeah. we uh, fill our lapses of information. But <laughs> So by so by basically this is all you need to know about last season in regards to the bullpen. By June twenty seventh, the Mets had blown twenty leads. By June twenty seventh, that is like that is that is not that far into the season to be blowing twenty leads. Um, the next you know fast forward to the first game after the All Star break, right? The fresh start. They're forty and fifty one, but like somehow they're still kind of in it. Robert Zellman. Uh, comes into the game and gives up a two-run home run to Brian Anderson. The score is 7-2. The Mets are really not in that game. Um, and that sort of was like a pillar of just like the depression that was that part of the year. But second half, Mets go 46-26. and 26. And by the way, the offense was also pretty good like throughout the entire season. But the bullpen was just so disastrous. You can't win with that kind of bullpen. So second half, the Mets go on a, cr- a crazy run. Um, 46 and 26, like, I, again, I remember I was in the locker room at the YMCA and there's just a bunch of dudes, like, crowding around the TV and we're talking sports and we're talking, it's like, it's, it was great. It was a wonderful experience. It was honestly, like, such a thrilling roller coaster. Thrilling I wish they would have just been good the whole time, like, but you can't get everything you well, want. Well, it's the mess. Okay, all right, easy there, buddy. <laughs> 
so 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 by August 29th, like the Mets are in it. So and the but the Cubs end up sweeping them. And I was in Chicago watching that game with my Mets fans friend, and it was just it was bad. And I went there for a wedding. So ha- by the way, happy wedding, Oe. Oe. Shout out to my boy Oe. He's uh went to his wedding. I didn't go, but I uh, he's a good kid. So shout out to Oe. And uh, but anyway, so before the sweep, they were four games back of the wild card. This was like an opportunity. They were four games out of the second wild card, which was held by the Cubs. And after they get swept, they are five games back and had to hop over three teams. And that is not going to happen. That mm-hmm. In September, no, that doesn't happen. So long story short, the Mets fell short. Um, I want to be clear, though, that it wasn't just the bullpen. There were other glaring weaknesses, but we're going to talk about those on other episodes. Today, we are focusing on the bullpen. So... Um, Here's the thing also, right? So once the season starts, it is very difficult to fix a bullpen. It's you. It's very difficult to acquire talent and specifically relievers and expect them to you expect to know what you're going to get back. It doesn't always work out with like the Cubs trading Araldis Chapman. Um, and my the proof of this is the who look who was acquired at the at the deadline. The only relievers that moved were Sam Dyson. Daniel Hudson, Sergio Romo, Mark Melanson, Shane Green, Hunter Strickland, Rowanus Elias, Chris Martin, Jordan Lyles. These are the players that were moved. Um, also, right, you can argue this is just a side note. Like, why was Brody Van Wagenen not acquiring players sooner for like bullpen yeah. pieces? Yeah. But nobody moved until the deadline. So that so it's like I said, it's very hard to acquire good talent mm-hmm. when the market is not moving. And of these names, Shane Green was a very good closer for Detroit for a while. He was not good with Atlanta when he first got there. He was not good. Rowanis Elias for the Nationals was not great. Sam Dyson hit the IL like immediately after Minnesota got him. That's not a that's not a skill issue, but that I'm saying like that happens. Hunter Strickland, Hunter Strickland once a very great uh, reliever with the Giants, not good. Um, and then of course like. Daniel Hudson was terrific. Sergio Romo was terrific. Mm. So the point is, um, you can never be sure of anything re- relievers. So giving up assets to acquire them is very risky. Um, but you know, then again, uh, the in-house options with the Mets were not uh, anything to uh, anything to die for either. But so here's my two-phase plan on how they fix it. Two phases. Two phases. All right. So phase one, it has to be about numbers, right? So. Okay. Relievers, again, super hard to predict. Honestly, I suspect that the teams that have good relievers are just like, they are probably very shocked that they're doing so well with their relievers. I honestly don't think anyone has completely figured out how to have, like, great relievers. Like, there are teams like the Yankees and the Padres that excel and have great relievers, but I think a lot of it is, you know, partly scouting and then partly luck. I think there's a fa- there's an element of luck. Um but so I think they need they need to sign like two you know I air quotes proven players meaning like for instance Dylan Batances. okay yeah and then like the second player would be like I have a list of players but like a yeah. quote unquote proven players like track record who you'd pay you know maybe like ten million dollars to yeah. get or something there's more upside with them exactly right? more upside so, with the proven and, player and he also even if you're you even if you're not even if you're not sure of what they're going to be yeah. I, you trust them more than you trust like yeah. jacob ray i mean they went out and the guy i mean i mean so is Ed, a player like edwin diaz does he have does one season give you upside no i would no, say no obviously would say, not yeah. because you bring no, him in two, and then he had and, two like pretty okay. good seasons but that's still not a tr- but my point is with relievers you sign i mean look the mets a couple I of thought years he was ago. a rookie before they got him 
No, he was. It was his second. Okay. It was his third. I think this was his third season. But regardless, like you remember, a couple years ago, the Mets got like I think it was Frank Francisco and like John Roush, and they got all these bullpen pieces and 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 oh. who were good. Like John Roush was very good for Toronto, and and they they just were not good at all. Like yeah. so, you never you never know with relievers. It is really a crapshoot. But of the players that I feel most confident about... It was his fourth season, my De- bad. Oh, okay. So, Dylan Batances. I yeah. really feel strongly about Dylan Batances. That he was a vi- he was the guy that I wanted them to sign from the jump. I did not really think they would, and they did it. And I, that was, like, um, that was a really good job by Brody. Um, and so he was a four-time All-Star. He's a four-time um, All-Star. Proven to pitch in big games, big moments in the Bronx. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yankees at one point were were grooming him to become the closer, but then, of course, they went out and they got Evaldis Chapman back after trading. And also Robertson. Really, really, really yeah. Um, so, yeah, Dylan Matanz is definitely a proven pitcher. And But does one, adding one relief, and, and then you can continue, as an, I want to ask you this, does adding one relief pitcher like a Dylan Matanzas all of a sudden, sure up the bullpen when it was just such a catastrophe last yeah, year. Yeah. So and I'll, all right. So I'm gonna get to that because I okay. do think they need at least one more player, or like another proven player. And I'll start with that actually because, um, you know, Batansis. I would say he is. I'm not. I'm not. The, the injury doesn't worry me with him. It was. It was on his pivot foot. It was on his plant foot. Um, and Achilles injuries are kind of difficult because that part of the body, like there doesn't, he's especially a, a big, a very big person like him. Blood doesn't flow to that part of the body as much as it does other parts. Yeah. So, um, a tearing of the Achilles that it takes some time to heal. And it was on his throw. It was on his throwing foot. So, or his plant foot, excuse me. So the rehab is about like four to five months. That's how long it took Zach Britton who had a similar injury. So I'm not worried about him, but I still think they need to... Uh, sign another t- reliever. So I'm, I'm calling these like tier one guys. So I'm, I'm talking <laughs> tier one. Tier one. I'm talking Steve Ciszek. I I don't think he's signed yet. Daniel Hudson. I would go. I would give. He's him a money. he's still a free agent. Daniel Hudson. Yeah. So Steve she, Steve Ciszek is supposed to get according to MLB trade rumors two years and ten million. Uh, Daniel Hudson is two years twelve million expected. And he just won a World Series. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, another player I think is interesting is Pedro Strope. So. He's he's one of those players. He's expected to get one year five million, like longtime Cubs reliever. Um, he's one of those guys like the exit velos down, but and also he's had like nagging hamstring injuries. But hamstring injuries are not, you know, you can you can like Jose Reyes used to get them, and he switched to plastic cleats, and he stopped having the injury. So he's like he's a pretty good reliever, and I would be very confident. Like if you gave him like five million and if it didn't work out, I would still think it's worth a gamble. So then I have like the tier two guys. Okay. So tier two, shout out tier two. Shout out tier two. Uh, so Nate Jones is a great pitcher for Chicago, the White Sox for a long time. He was just injured, but I think I think he could come back. Even if he gets a major league deal, I think he's worth it. Um, Brandon Kinsler, Colin McHugh. Hector Rondon, Juan Manaya, Sam Dyson. He's coming off the bicep tendonitis, but tendonitis is not. You know, terrible. It doesn't follow you long term. Um, Francisco Liriano, Tommy Hunter, and Yoshihisa Hirano. These are players that I think the Mets should offer contracts to, um, and in terms of free agents, because I'd rather get a free agent than spend like give up a resource like an internal resource for a, a reliever. I don't trust relievers enough to do that. Um, so step two, phase two, right of this plan would be to avoid shitty players. 
and and that's the, right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna list off a bunch oh, of names. So boy. the Mets, these players had 240 49.1 innings. So that's essentially the equivalent of 27 full games. The Mets got out of the following names. Okay. Paul sure. Seawald. Paul Seawald. Luis Avalon. Mm-hmm. Tyler Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Brad Brock. Chris Flexen. Drew Gagnon or Gagnon, I think. He. Uh, Donnie Hart, Walter, Walker Lockett, Chris Mazza, Corey Oswalt, Ryan O'Rourke, Brooks Pounders, Wilmer Font, Hector Santiago, Daniel Zamora, Stephen Nagosik, Jacob Rame, Tim Peterson, and yeah, that's it. So Now, really, very quickly, out of the players you named, guess how many I know? I want to say none. That is correct. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I mean, look, like, just Which is a problem. Chris Flexen pitches in Korea now. Drew Gagnon pitches in Korea now. And a lot of these players are just not with the team anymore. But I think, like, there's players like Drew Smith, who was not on the team last year. He has three options. He's going to be, I think he's going to be very good. You can have players, again, like Steven Nagosik, Daniel Zamora. Like, these players who have options. Like, Tyler Bashley, who have options. Paul Seawald. You can still have them in the minors. You just sign, like, quadruple A or triple A, you know, players you arm yourselves with numbers because, again, relief is such a crapshoot. You want to have, like, the next man coming. I was going to say next man up, but I think that's trademarked at this point. Uh, hey. <laughs> no, but, yeah, so you just you want to have options. Like, you just want to have as many warm bodies, as many names as possible so that if one person doesn't succeed, you can just go to the next option because there was a lack of depth last year. Of these names, of this group, the only reliever, Brad Brock, only one of the relievers had an ERA under four, and that is being that is a nice way of putting it because there was some ERAs in the sixes, sevens, and eights on this list. So, um, so that's sort of what that's sort of what, what it's going to come down to is that you need to just have as many AAA or quadruple A players in terms of relievers on the roster. And the Mets have again Drew Smith coming back, Chase and Shreve they have in the in the uh, minors. He sh- they should give him who's a a, Who's honestly better than a majority of the people in their bullpen. Yeah, Jason Shreve is Apparently. actually very he's a good. good like, he's a good player. He's a, he's a good pitcher. Right. Good relief pitcher. He's in there. He's Solid really, options. He has no options left, uh, but I think if you bring him up. And also, Steven Gonzalez, the Mets just got from uh, from the Twins because their 40-man roster was sort of like full. Um, so he was a high-round pick. He was hurt last year. He's very young, so not much mileage on the arm. Um, he got, he has command issues, but the stuff is, is definitely there. Um, and so, and also you want to, you know, work on the confidence, obviously young pitcher. I think he's going to be good. I think he, I, I'm not sure. No, he doesn't have any options left because, because they, uh, otherwise he would have been on the, or maybe he does. I, I would have to double check, but cause it was a 40 man roster thing. It wasn't like he was out of options, but, um, either way, right. He wasn't designated for a time, but either way, um, Again, Drew Smith, I think, can really come back. But the X factor, the one thing that I think is really going to make a difference is the new Mets' new pitching coach. For I, I actually really liked Phil Regan. Everyone <laughs> shit on him because he was old. Wait, old Phil Regan. Yo, he was. That was some ageism right there because he actually did an amazing job, like on the pitchers. He really did a good job. Yeah. Um. He just got completely obliterated just because he was old, which is like crazy. Yeah. Like that's like you're old. You got a long track record of like, success. <laughs> like you know a thing or two, but. So Jeremy Hefner is the Mets' new pitching coach. Okay. He, he actually pitched for the Mets for a, you know a good amount of time. Um, he was never like the best pitcher, but he went from a player to like a coach pretty freaking quickly. Like, which is not you know typical. Like he went to a, being a head coach, which I think that's got to say something about your ability. 
and he went from the the Twins to the Mets. Neither organization is like that analytically focused or driven. Okay. So if he went from like he had a great set of skills with like the Astros or something, and then he went to the Mets, like the conversion of one skill yeah. base to another, it doesn't yeah. work. But this is so seamless because the Twins and Mets are similar in terms of their use of analytics. Yeah. He was also a scout. Um, and he, the thing that they really liked about him, like Paul Molitor wanted to bring him back full time cause he was, he was an advanced scout for two seasons. And Paul Molitor, who was a very respected baseball name was like, ah, you're really good at what you do. We want you full time. Um, and the, the strength that he had was with the relievers. That was his calling card. And so if you put someone like that, who's young and who has a really good record of communicating with players and like, you know, communicating analytics, like. Um, he is, apparently he impacted Kyle Gibson, who had a great year last year, um, and Tyler Duffy. And he, like, Tyler Duffy's K-rate doubled, uh, with under, uh, Hefner's, uh, tutelage. And, um, he has a good relationship with organiz- uh, with analytics. Uh, and he knows how to talk about it without going over the heads of certain players. That's, that's his reputation. So... Um, I think for all those reasons, if the Mets go out and get a few more, again, just like insurance pitchers and one more like very good pitcher, I think that they can really uh, do well. I think that they, that this is going to be great. So um, that's 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 where we're at. With well, I think the Mets, um, they aren't. Turn your fucking phone off. <laughs> I think that the Mets, um, while they did have a horrific start. To the to the season, they ended up finishing three games out of the wild card, and they were this. They finished six out of all the teams in the National League, which isn't great. You need to be better than six, obviously, to make it to the playoffs. But that means they were ahead of all the other teams, including Arizona and the they Cubs. Could, they and could the have, Phillies. and honestly, the Mets. Yeah, you can't. You just can't win with yeah. that kind of bullpen. And you can't win with that kind of bullpen. And honestly, a lot of the issues they have talent, and a lot of the issues lies within upper management and management. Um, I don't believe that Mickey Calloway did a great job with the talent that he had. And, and you know, uh, he's bolstering that bull- – I think they have the talent. Is bolstering that bullpen going to get them over a Milwaukee, a Washington, a St. Louis, Atlanta, L.A.? Um, we'll just have to see. Yeah. Turn your fucking phone off. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a podcast here, buddy. Hey, this is Johnny out in Long Beach. I'm just calling in because I'm wondering about this Jason Vargas guy. He had a pretty good stint with the Mets last year. They let him go. I'm wondering if there's a chance they could bring him back, maybe on a one-year deal or something like that. What do you think about that? Okay, sounds good. All right, so with the Yankees, um, obviously they went out, they got Garrett Cole, which is what the fans were longing for. It's a fake sign. No, <laughs> it's not a fuck. It's not a fake sign. I really thought it was for a while. You I thought for a while, but you don't think anymore. I don't. Thank know. God, because it's honestly one of the most moronic takes, takes of all time. <laughs> I think I I really was like, I I thought it was fake at first, but that, the 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 thing that convinced me was like I just don't think Garrett Cole would like. Like yeah, and if you look at it, like you can see the ink is faded, the the, I, I, I the paper is yellow, which is what. Like, look at the newspaper I have hanging up. No, no I know. I can. I like, can. I at first I was convinced. Okay. I was like, this fucking kid is a moron. But so, then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, they went out and they got Cole. Once a Yankee, always a Yankee. Um, it's what right, the Yankees fans. Right. This is why. I believe <laughs> that it was all right. All right. I'll I'll I'll, I'll lay back on the on the douche. <laughs> Hey, man, what can I say? I mean, if your team went to the World Series once every 10 years, you'd be you'd be saying the same thing. All right, okay. It's not like Disneyland. Y'all think this shit is like... Lean in because the microphone's not going to be able to catch you. Excuse me. 
<laughs> okay, so anyway, they went out, they got, um, they got Garrett Cole, uh, who instantly makes their rotation better. The Yankees had the 14th, um, they were, had the 14th ranked, uh, starting rotation in baseball last year, which is not great by any stretch of the it's imagination. Better, it's better than I thought. It's better, yeah, I, I know, but, and, and again, taking into account the fact that they had CC in his last season, yeah. um, who was pitching with chronic pain. They had an agent J hat. They didn't have Severino until the very end of the season, like literally the very, very end of the season. Right, right. Um, it's it's pretty good considering. So and you then, and then ten, and then uh, they had Tanaka who was good. Yeah, and then and they had then, Tanaka who had a good season, and then Herman Paxton and her mom was great. And they're not they're not gonna have her mom. Yeah, um, that is that is cool. Yeah, it, he's on his uh, uh, lean in, Henry, lean in, he's lean on in. his Henry move, move, scoot your chair. Oh, there you go. Just trying to get close to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so um. So their, their, their rotation going into the season um, appears to be strong. So Herman's going to be out for 81 games. I think like a month of that suspension's already been served because of the end of last year. So he'll be back end of June, early July. Do you think the Yankees should or are going to go I, out and get another that, pitcher? Are going to go out and get another pitcher? Yeah. I don't think that they need to. Um, but that's their, that's broad. I think they're, they're, this is what their rotation. Is. How, do you, how do you feel about Montgomery? Because he's like an Well, so that's, that, so I was going to get into all that. So Montgomery's coming up, um, Garrett Cole, uh, Luis Severino, Masahiro Tanaka, James Paxton, and then a combination of J-Hab and then when he comes back, Domingo Herman. People yeah. thought, you know, depending on Herman's, um, depending on his suspension, that they would maybe try to move Hap in a deal because then they would clear the $17 million that, right. that they owe him. Um, and then they can go out, maybe make another signing, now, but that doesn't look like that's going to happen because Herman's going to be out for the first couple months of the season. And who's who's going to be the opener? Because I know the Yankees are going. Do you think also that I don't know if the Yankees are going to go into the opening route? I mean, if they do, they'll probably go with a Chad Green. Um, I mean, their their bullpen is deep. I don't want to get too much into the, the bullpen, into sure. the pitching not, not, or not into yet, the bullpen yet, right. specifically. For another, um, for another episode. Yeah, but um, basically, Garrett Cole instantly makes the Yankees better, and it gives them what they needed. Uh, in terms of uh, making it through the playoffs. They now have that guy who can go seven or eight innings, and right. then you can bring in a Chapman, you can bring in a Zach Britton um, to get the job done. So it'll be interesting to see. The Yankees let, um, have won 203 games over the past two seasons, and with the fan base that they have that's always demanding a championship, it's nice to just take a step back and look at what we've accomplished. I know that Yankee fans don't want to hear that because it's championship or bust, but you have to appreciate the work that Brian Cashman has done, that this organization has done to rebuild with the aging players in Jeter and Mariano and Posada and Pettit leaving, and then also still keeping that team a, a playoff contender. Um, one of the years they made, made it to the wild card, they lost to the Astros, um, and then bringing up the new guys, being ahead of schedule, going to Game 7 in the ALCS in 2017, and then losing to an Astros team, which we now know is cheating. Um, and then lost to a historic Red Sox team, and then lost to the Astros again, who may or may not have been cheating in 2019. So it's it's nice to um, also kind of have the Astros out of the picture. We don't know what's going to happen with them with the suspension, but it's nice yeah. to... That is the, true. We, we're not... Yeah. I mean, I... Yeah. So you couple Garrett Cole with the 14th ranked... And they're losing um, Garrett Cole too, so it's Yeah, like, exactly. So now you have Garrett Cole with the 14th ranked uh, starting rotation, um, which makes them instantly better. But then you also couple that with the number one ranked offense last uh, season. The Yankees are 100% the best team in baseball. I yeah. Think, I think there's no way. Yeah, that, I think that yeah. they, I think Brian Cashman has built a really good baseball team. They're deep. Um, and last year showed you that. So last year they had the, the next man up squad, which kind of got forgotten about. Like I, when I was compiling my notes, I like totally forgot. 
like about Taugman, Ford, yeah, Taugman, like, yeah. Ford, um, Urshela. These guys stepped up in big moments. Frazier, Fra- uh, for Frazier was good, but then he had the issue with the reporter, and they ended up sending him down, and, yeah. and he wasn't really able Which to. I back. think that's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy, he didn't but deserve to... well, he was he was kind of he he was going on Twitter and he was kind of attacking the Yankees a little bit as He's well. Been... The Yankees are set up to for a deep run, and now do now you, if they, they don't make it to the World Series or they don't win a World Series, then you can really. Um, be like, okay, what, what what's going on with this team? Well, I think if the Mets, all you can ask for with the Yankees is to just get. I think it's just to get to the postseason yeah, because right. the postseason anything can happen. It's all anything about who gets hottest. It's all about you know. I, but I think that they're very prepared. Yeah, unfortunately, that doesn't fly with the Yankees. No, um, no, of course not. I mean, that's a really terrible mentality. Yeah. Just like you, you expect to yeah. win every. And they year. have to cut down on the strikeouts again. They were the number one ranked offense uh, offense in 2019. Uh, they led the the league in runs scored, and they finished second in home runs, RBIs, and uh, they finished third in OPS. So I just don't think that there's like the only. And they were one I'm, home run shot of the Twins. The only teams that I'm worried about, like on in terms of uh, competitors with the Yankees. Uh, are the twins and the um, but even the twins I, I'm not really worried about because yeah. they're they're just like um, It'll, it's going to be an exciting year next year no doubt I think for both uh, New York franchises so anyway I just wanted to touch on that briefly um, but the one of the main issues I don't know if you can say issues because the Yankees are pretty set up going into the into the new season but one of the good problems to have is the Andujar and Urshela um, situation. Uh, Miguel Andujar broke the um, Yankees uh, record for doubles in a season with 47, and then he right. tied the, the American rookie record, right? Or is it just the it might have been the rookie record? I have to check. Actually, you might be right. I think it's just the rookie record. But then he also right. tied the American League record, so I'm not sure. Well, he's an amazing. It was 47 player. doubles in a season. And well, the Yankees. I think the thing about the Yankees is that they're they're uh, the the left side of their defense is kind of. You know, you got Glaber Torres at short. He's not really a shortstop. Like he's I don't a, agree with that. I, I think that he He's a great second baseman. He's a very good shortstop. I think that his his uh range is kind of limited, but his arm is terrific he's, and his hands are good. He's twenty two years old. Or he's twenty one. No, he's twenty two. Twenty two. So right. I'm saying yeah, sure he can improve, but I'm saying that if you're gonna if you're gonna have I mean Miguel the kid's the kid is a stud. He needs to be a DH. Yeah. So because you can't have so that's yeah, what I was yeah. going to get into. So Andujar um, batted 297, 27 home runs, 92 RBI, uh, OPS of 855. He finished second in the Rookie of the Year voting and lost to Shohei Otani, who was going to get it regardless because of the pitching and offense that, that, that's, he, I mean, that that's, he did. That's yeah. So like, there's nothing think, that you can do about I know, that. I think, to, I think he deserved it. And he that. broke the rookie record for doubles in a season. So when he went down, when he had to get season-ending end, surgery, that was one of the first like injuries that kind of like hit the Yankees. And it was like, oh, no, like we're losing Ed Duhar. Right. He was one of the consistent bats in 2018. Wasn't really expected to go off right. um, like that. But they, they made the move in bringing in Gio Urshela, whose glove – um, Urshela was becoming like a journeyman third baseman. He's 28 years old. He had been on a couple of teams. He had a really good glove, but his bat was just not there. And then he comes to Yankee Stadium and he goes off. He hits 314 with 21 home runs, uh, 74 RBI, and he had a, he finished with an OPS of 889. Yankees so, unlock hitters in a way that yeah very yeah. So yeah. so um, at first glance, right um, when you're watching the game. You look at uh, Urshela and you see his glove, and it's a it's a breath of fresh air for Yankee fans because the Yankees had to not play Andujar in an elimination game against the Red Sox right. in the ALDS because of his glove. Right. So you're taking out his bat and you're substituting that with Neil Walker, 
who was not at the time was not the hitter that Andujar was at well, all. Also, Neil Walker was a third, was a second baseman. Back yeah, he was a utility. He, that, that season, Neil Walker was playing first. He was playing second. Know, he was I playing know, third. Right, right. He was playing outfield. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't ideal. But because Andujar's glove was such a liability, right, right. they couldn't afford any mistakes. And um, Urshela came in, looked like a breath of fresh air, like I said. But when you look at the numbers a little closely, a little more closely, Andujar had two less. Um, errors than, uh, I mean, Urshela had two less errors than um, Andujar. Uh, this past season, he had 13 errors, and Andujar had 15. Um, well, now, I, there's there's more yeah. uh, in-depth um, fielding statistics that I'm actually just not well-versed on, I'll just be completely honest, um, where it seems as if Andujar was letting up something like 26 runs on average a year compared to Urshela's three runs on average a year. Um, I mean, no, in this, in for def, well, defensive stats, a lot, a lot of them are calculated uh, by by watching video, and there are certain things like errors, right? Like Jose Reyes used to make more errors than your typical player, but because his range was so good that he would get more chances, so you're gonna make more errors. You have to take into consideration the amount of chances that each player is getting, and if your player has more range, then they're going to make more errors because they just have more chances. So, I think. There's no, there's no conspiracy. Gio Shell is a good fielder. He's got a great arm. He's got very good range. He's got good hands, um, and he's got an accurate arm. And and Duhar has not very good hands. He does not have terrific range. Yeah, exactly. Mental errors, which you can fix, but again, like, there, I, I honestly, I don't think you even need to look at at defensive metrics. Although you, you probably could and should, like. Um, because, because you know. Well, anyway, you, you want to look at them because you're you're comparing these two players who are now going to be have, battling for a position. What? Why can't they just why, be DH? Yeah, why couldn't? You well, be, this is the issue. Do you have Giancarlo Stanton, who is not a great left fielder, and his glove is a liability in left field. He's not a left fielder. He was a right fielder. He hasn't really gotten accustomed to left field in Yankee Stadium. Um, he doesn't have a great arm, and this is where things wait, wait, get wait, interesting. Uh, uh, Stanton has a good arm. No, it doesn't. Really? Yeah, I, his, he, his, arm, his arm. arm is not... What it used to be, maybe? No, or? I mean, from what I've seen him play, his arm is pretty much trash. I, he, I mean, he had it, a great arm when he was with Miami. I think you're mistaken. No, I think he's got a great well, arm. Well, whatever, moving on. Sure. Um, the, the Where things get interesting is uh, the next man up situation, right? So last year, the Yankees were really able to see what their prospects can do for them. I mean, Mike Ford and Mike Talkman were guys that I hadn't were not even on my radar. Well, they were on no one's radar. Right? Exactly. Oh, by the way, so in terms of in terms of uh, so Miguel Andujar was pulled 15 times for defense in 2018. Thank you for pulling that up. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, so I mean, that might be. I mean, we'll see. I know that he was working with A Rod a lot on his uh, on his ability on his third base, like um, right. on his glove and his mechanics. Um, so we'll see what happens. They're going to battle it out in spring training. Now the issue with DH. Is that with Mike Ford and Mike, Mike Talkman being um, so good last year, and with Clint Frazier obviously being the, I mean, the, I I personally think the Yankees are going to probably end up trading Clint Frazier, which is unfortunate because I like him a lot. He's, he's probably one of the best hitters. He, in the he's good, one of the best. He has incredible bat speed. Yeah, he has an incredible Same. arm. He has a decent glove. He made a couple of errors last year and then got grilled about it with reporters and got tight at them, which was not the way to do it. But it's okay. You yeah. learn. And the Yankees He's young. are very... Uh, the Yankees are strict when yeah. it comes to that shit. So um, with that being the case, um, sliding in Duhar into the DH role is not going to be as simple um, 
as that. You're going to have guys like Talkman and Ford who are going to want to get at-bats. Right. So it, it opens up interesting trade possibilities. Who will the Yankees trade? I think they can get more value for Andujar. What do they need, though? That's what I'm saying. Like, if you trade Andujar, like... Well, the, this, I, this, is, mean, what, this is what I think. Hater? Like... I think the Yankees can make a, tr- a move for a Josh Hader. I think they could also make a move potentially for a Francisco Lindor. I think that they can make a move potentially if they really wanted to get outside the box and just totally ditch these two these two guys. They could technically make a move for Chris Bryant. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. I don't. Well, Chris I don't, Bryant has, has. The Yankees are uh, so good. Now you're getting. Well, listen. So I didn't. Well, I, I didn't come into this with any like real uh, trade possibilities lined up because the Yankees are deep and they are as presently constructed could go all the way. Mm-hmm. So adding anything more could be um, a little bit of overkill. However, it's never really overkill with the Yankees. And on top of that, um, I lost my train of thought because I was thinking about the computer freezing. We are engineering and podcasting at the same time, so we apologize. <laughs> you're you're engineering. I'm engineering. You're, you're an actual engineer. So yes. Um, so, but uh, audio engineer. You're audio audio engineer. Yeah, not some like mechanical. Like. <laughs> no. Anyway, so um, yeah. No, I I think actually the Yankees of all the suitors for any of these teams of any of these teams for um for the big names like Mookie Betts or Chris yeah. Bryant or something. I think the Yankees have the most the most resources to do that. Um, yeah. The the only I mean the only question is like would the Yankees want to make a move with Boston for Mookie Betts like I don't think that, do that think I don't that think that Aaron would ever Hicks happen. Is, first do you think of all, Aaron Hicks is like enough to. Uh, well, I think they're going to have a combination of Aaron Hicks, uh, Clint Frazier, Brett Gardner. You have Aaron Hicks for how many more years? A while. A while. Well, I, it's like low, six more years. Low, it's ten million a year. Though. Low annual value. Yeah. Right. I, I actually so I it's actually a, think that move yeah. was great at the time. But, yeah. Um, I, I mean, but right. he, he he can't get on the field. He's he's always hurt. I understand. He's always um, hurt. He always he he plays like an average of like half a season. Yeah, I, I love Aaron X. Anyway, but I, 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 a big issue that the Yankees are going to have, and it's an inevitable issue, is, is paying their players. They they are a young team, and um, they're going to have to end up paying Gary Sanchez, Aaron Judge, Glaber Torres. Uh, Judge and Sanchez are entering their first years of arbitration. Right. Torres is the year after. Um, will they keep all these guys? They have Luis Severino. They extended him for four years, $10 million a year, $40 million. Um, they're going to eventually have to pay him uh, more money if they want to retain him. If he, I think that was a good move because you know, who knows? Severino could fall off a cliff in the next four years. So you never know. But I think that realistically speaking, out of the three names, Sanchez, Judge, and Torres, the Yankees are, might only be able to keep two of those guys. They love Gary Sanchez. Um, but I can see Gary Sanchez going elsewhere, um, and that happened with Robinson Cano. Let's not forget Robinson Cano was a homegrown guy, and when it came down to it, the Yankees weren't willing to give him the extra $40, $50 million that the Mariners were uh, willing to give him, and they, and they let him walk. And then they went on and, um, oh, no, that was after they won the World Series. No, so, well, that was in 2013. Like, yeah, 2013. So, um, and then Cano... Ca- was a good hitter, but would he have helped the Yankees the in that time when they were rebuilding? No, no, I, no the, 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 if you're the Mariners, the Mariners were just trying to put together yeah. that team, so they overpaid for Cano um, because they felt like that was like their X factor that yeah. they needed. It was kind of hard to get players to come to, yeah. to the Mariners. And, and the Yankees, 
are going to have to pay Judge and Torres and no, Sanchez I, I, big money. The Yankees were 100% right not to give uh, Cano that money. Yeah. It was a heartbreaking thing, but yeah. it's like you can't. So they're going to have to pay these guys, um, and there's only a certain amount of money that they can give out. Will they care about staying under the threshold? I don't think I so. I not. It's kind of silly. Like, I don't, the, like I don't think Sox so. The five, the... I'm pr- yeah, I, I think that the Yankees are going to um, they, they eventually they just move past should. it. Um, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I mean, but, the, pro- the problem once like, once you're over the threshold, like, once you have players who are, are like, locked into contracts, it makes it very difficult because then, then you have players, like, who enter, like, arbitration and you have no idea what they're going to make. Exactly. So you exactly. kind of have to have a lot of wiggle room. So Cashman is smart. I agree. For, you know, he knows that. But, um, but I think the Yankees, I think they're a pretty complete team on it. Like, they're, like I, if I were them, I would probably go out and get, like, a better fifth starter. Uh-huh. I don't think, I don't, because I, you just don't know what Montgomery's going to give you. Yeah. Like, he, he was injured all of last year. You know Hap is, again, like, a question yeah. mark. Their top three are terrific, but it's just, like, to win, you need a deep rotation. You need a deep bullpen. They literally have the resources rotting on their bench and in, their, in the minor leagues who are out of options. I think Clint Frazier's out of options. So it's like at a certain point you've gotta you've gotta trade these resources and make something. Yeah. The problem with it is though I don't even know if I would trade Andujar or Clint Frazier for um, for Josh Hader because I wouldn't either. Because again, I, I, I know what you're gonna say. Relie- yeah. I don't trust I, relievers. And yeah. That, and he also blew almost as many saves as anyone Diaz last year. I didn't know that. So that's, yeah. That's crazy. So, so I don't know. I mean, that, blown saves are. One of those things where it's like, you know, saves again are like a weird. Stat, but if it can but... get you a Francisco Lindor, and then you can, then you can move Torres back to second. And then where would you put? And then where would you put um, DJ? DJ or, would play first. He, oh, he played first. But then where would you put Voight? That's the conundrum. I love Voight. I I do too. I love Voight. I did. I do too. He was one of the players who kind of stayed healthy. He didn't stay healthy the whole season, but he, he was healthy the for the abdomen, majority. Abdomen. Yeah, he was healthy for a majority of the season. Abdomen. And um and what really is. helped the team out. I love him a lot, but you know it's a business. We'll see what happens. If you, DJ Lemay, he was a better, um, first baseman than Luke Voight. Yeah. And 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 yeah. DJ Lemayhew was a hitting machine. Yeah, no, and it was it was a, an incredible signing by Brian Cashman. He's worth way more than what they signed. They signed him for twelve million a year, and I don't be surprised if the Yankees go out and extend him or give him but a the, bigger contract because he's a free agent at the end of the, the year. The issue is too though, like if you sign a Lindor, like first of all, you're getting only like a few. I don't know how yeah. many years of team control, but then it's like you have the same problem. Like, what are you going to lock him yeah. up? That's that's money. Like you're they're very to stay. very quickly before we go because we do have to go. Just a little food for thought. Um, the Yankees are going to have 23 million coming off the books with Masahiro Tanaka next season. I don't think they're going to resign him. Or if they do, they're not going to sign to as big of a contract. Of course not, right. And then they also have forty million, forty-one million coming off the books with Lemayhu, who they'll probably resign. Paxton, who they might resign, depending on how he does, and Hat, and then seventeen million the following year with the Raldis Chapman. So there is a, there is a, a scenario in which they are able to sign all three players. Depends on what their production is. Um, I, but if Sanchez continues having like bad hitting seasons where his average is like one eighty two ten, I mean. I don't. I don't see where the Yankees yeah. end up bringing him back. And he's a bit of a. I love Gary Sanchez. I love. He's one of my favorite players on the Yankees. A little bit of a head case. And his and his defense got much better last year. Um, but in big moments he faltered a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see. But the Yankees are definitely in a good position to go all the way. And um, and we'll see what happens. And the Mets are uh, 
just a couple. I, I think the Mets are a couple pieces away. I think they have the talent. They need better management. They they got Carlos Beltran. We'll see what happens with him with the Astros. I, stuff. I think Carlos Beltran is going to be great. We'll see about the new the new pitching coach, and um, we'll see. They need to. I think they need to add more than just Dela Batista. So. Yeah, no, I think so too. I hope. I really hope they do. Um, but I, like the 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 key takeaway is just. And when you're dealing with relievers and you have that issue, like a lot of it is luck, but a lot of it is just sheer numbers. Having as many bodies as possible to come up and just in case like Paul Seawall doesn't do well. Yeah. And also like let your players that have options, like I think like Steven Nagosik, like Zan- Daniel Zamora, like it's okay to start them in the minors. Yeah. If you have like Batances, like Ciszek, Luda, yeah. like let those guys start up the year. I would give Chase and Shreve a shot like at the, at the team, even though he has no more options. Um, you have to be careful. I think he's a good pitcher. I, I, I don't know why they didn't call him up last year, but regardless, like, they just sign one more big name. If you can, like, sign a few more other names. Like, maybe, like, again, the Tier 2 players that I was suggesting, like Nate Jones, like, sign a few of those players. Um, and then they, they have other things that we're going to talk about, other, other faults, but we're going to talk about that next week. Next week as well, I'm going to go in-depth on the history of the Wilpons and Uh-oh. everything that they've done and every all the positives and the negatives. But um, and I'm interested uh, to hear that. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that next week, and we'll figure out our y- Yankees topic for Season 1, Episode 2, which will be next week. So Dope. That's a wrap. We appreciate you guys listening. We hope that you continue to listen. This was our first episode. We are engineering and podcasting at the same time. So we hope you enjoyed. And, uh, yeah. See you next time. See you.